Welcome to It Didn't Break Me, a podcast where we have honest and vulnerable conversations around the messy stuff we didn't think we'd come back from, inspiring you to give yourself permission to discover the beauty within the mess and to let go the illusion of perfection. I'm your host, Bianca Keisha Hughes. Hello there and welcome to the It Didn't Break Me podcast. I am your host, Bianca Keisha Hughes, and I'm very grateful for you being here and listening to the podcast. So I hope you have been enjoying this season of the podcast, season two, and all the great, amazing conversations that we have been having with each and every guest. So I just want to remind you again that there is the feature on my website to leave a voicemail and I would love to hear your story. Quick synopsis, two, three minutes of something you thought would break you, but it didn't and how you are still here, how you got through. And I will be sharing that on the podcast. So thank you so much for doing that. And you just go to the website, itdidn'tbreakme.com. And that information is also in the show notes. Today, I have, of course, another amazing guest sharing their challenging story of something they thought would break them, but it didn't. So I'm just going to go ahead and introduce the guest. Faith Boussard Cade had over 10 years of experience as a professional counsellor before shifting to writing inspirational affirmations and publishing two guided journals on the transformative power of self-care and self-love. Her work on personal healing and self-care advocacy has inspired over 296,000 people via social media to choose introspection, gratitude, and finding peace. As a counselor and coach, Faith helps others discover that everything they need to step into their power and to create their lives they desire is already inside of them. She emphasizes self-exploration and compassion as the tools that equip us to live out this truth. Faith holds a BA in English and French studies from the University of the South, Swanee, and an MED in Human Development Counseling from Vanderbilt University. She was born and raised in the heart of Cajun country in New Iberia, Louisiana, and currently lives in the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia, with her husband, daughter, and son. So let's go ahead and get into the conversation. So hello, Faith, and welcome to the It Didn't Break Me podcast. Hi, Bianca. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to meet you. It is, it is. Uh, I've been following you for a while and you are doing some amazing work encouraging the world. So I thank you so much for being here. Of course. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and get into it. Okay. What is something you thought would break you, but it didn't? Probably a lot, uh, quite a few things, but the thing that is most present or top of mind is essentially what my whole platform is built from. So I have worked in mental health my entire career now close to probably about 15 years or so. I started out working as a school counselor um, and was doing that for several years. Um, started out in Nashville and then moved um, here to Atlanta. And was it um, January of uh, 2018, I was working as a school counselor at an elementary school in Johns Creek, Georgia, which is a suburb of Atlanta, driving to work one morning and um, was hit from behind mm-hmm. at a stoplight by a tractor trailer. Mm-hmm. And um, from that uh, accident, I sustained a concussion and uh, a traumatic brain injury conditions from which I'm still recovering today. It's kind of, you know, an ongoing recovery process, even though it happened over four years ago. Um, At the time that it happened, I 
obviously didn't have those diagnoses right away. And I didn't really know the extent of the injuries or the extent of like the long-term effects Mm. of um, that accident. I, um, you know, being maybe the type A perfectionist personality (laughs) that I am, the overachiever, I try to immediately go back to work do all the things that I've been doing. I had my daughter, um, Sydney, who my following knows as Bean. She was about three and a half at the time. Um, so, you know, young, bustling mm-hmm. around, had a husband. Um, so I was still trying to do all of the things that I had always done and assuming that, well, you know, this thing happened, but, you know, I had like, I didn't have to be taken to the hospital. I was mm. in an ambulance. Like I, I wasn't bleeding, didn't have any broken bones or anything. So at the time, I just kind of felt sore and didn't, had no idea that what I'm dealing with now is what I was dealing with then. Wow. Um, it was only until you know, I kept trying to go back to work and my mobility got even more restricted. Like I couldn't, I didn't have full range of motion in my neck. I was having uh, blurred vision, seeing like little, mm-hmm. like little starry things in my vision that normally wasn't there. If I sat up too quickly, I felt unstable, kind of like vertigo. And then the headache started and then, um, my long-term and short-term memory started to go. And then like, it was kind of like progressively getting worse sensitivity to light and sound. Like the light was too bright for me or I would hear sounds at like a magnified Mm. volume than other people would hear it. And I had to keep advocating for myself with doctors. How long did it happen? Did you start seeing these signs after the accident? Um, It was probably a few weeks. Okay. Probably a few weeks after when I guess the shock of the physical piece of the accident had worn off. That's when the soreness sets into your body, right? And then you start to feel everything. And then, and then all the other stuff starts happening. And I remember going to um, a bunch of different doctors and everyone was like, well, well, let me, let me see pictures of, of your vehicle and, and how damaged it was. Like, like that was some sort of metric to determine how injured or hurt I could possibly be. Um, So in a way they weren't really believing what you were saying. Absolutely. absolutely. Oh my God, that must've been frustrating. Yeah. Which unfortunately, you know, hear stories all the time is very common um, here in America and healthcare, especially with black women and our pain Mm -hmm. and our, and our situations being minimized and just, you know, essentially what, what we self-report being not believed. And so Mm -hmm. there's not only are you dealing with the trauma of what you're dealing with, you're also dealing with the trauma of having to constantly advocate for yourself and Mm -hmm. fight for yourself and prove, wait, no, I really am feeling this badly. I really am having chronic insomnia. I really haven't slept in five days straight. I really like this really is happening. Um, And it wasn't until I was finally able to find a neurologist who really, really listened to me and really understood. I remember first time I went to that office and they tried to do this little, like a little neurology test with me. And they Mm -hmm. had me like put my finger all the way out in front of me and then try to bring it to my nose. Mm -hmm. And I could not, I was going like all over my, I could not line up my finger with my nose. Like that's how badly my, my vision, my balance, everything off. Um, and Fast forward several months, I had um, taken medical leave from work and then FMLA runs out 
and I was working for Fulton County Schools at the time, and they said, um, okay, well, you can either return to work, cleared by your doctors to return, um, you can resign, or we will terminate you. And <gasps> right. How and did that feel hearing that? It felt like a punch in the gut, I think. Yeah. Um, because again, here you are dealing with the magnitude of all that this is that's yeah. going on, your whole life being turned upside down. And then on top of that company that you've been working for, for years to just kind of be like, okay, time's up come back to work or this mm -hmm. is it for you. Um, and so I ended up being forced to resign mm -hmm. and um, because I hadn't been cleared by my doctors at that time, my diagnosis was still very new. Um, I hadn't even been being effectively treated yet and didn't have a treatment plan. Um, so of course, now adding to all the other stuff, there's job loss and income loss on top of it. Um, so my family went down from two incomes to one. Um, and then um, probably a couple of months after I resigned, my husband's company that he was working for pulled out of the Atlanta market oh. and moved to Charlotte. And so then he was laid off and lost his job. So then neither one of us had income. Oh. Um, and what was it like at that point it because it's been parting on now for a long time right. for months not being heard this job and mm -hmm. not and then him what was it like at that point when you like what now when I was younger I used to watch that tv show on mtv called punked with Ashton oh, yeah. Kutcher like oh, yeah. that joke <laughs> yeah and I literally there were so many times I literally felt like, am I being punked? Is Ashton Gitcher going to jump out from mm. somewhere at some point and be like, ha, 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 no, this didn't really happen. Like part of me um, partially felt like, like this can't be real. This mm -hmm. can't be my reality, especially for those of us who feel like we have always tried to follow the rules, right? And we've always tried to do things the right way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we go to school, we, we graduate from high school, we go to college, we go to grad school, we start our career, then we get married, then we buy a house, <laughs> then we have a kid, then we, you know, like, like I did everything in order. I did everything I was supposed to do. Dude. And Yet here I am literally like trauma after trauma mm. after trauma just happening. Add to it that I'm a mental health professional, which makes it even more kind of for a lot of people unbelievable because there's this assumption that people yeah. who are counselors or coaches or therapists or whatever, we don't have any problems. We do this because we're experts and we're helping everybody else deal with their stuff. Um, <laughs> and we don't have any issues no, of our own. we don't, right? do we? We don't, Faith. Yeah, we're yeah. totally fine. Yeah, we're just fine. We are literally just <laughs> cruising through life, doing our good deeds for the world and helping everyone. <laughs> everyone else. And so um, I think that added to a bit of the maybe discomfort I felt mm -hmm. that like people expected me to have it all together. Mm -hmm. I was always the friend that everybody came to for advice. I was always the coworker, the colleague that everyone called. For, I was, I'm the person who in the line at the grocery store, the cashier starts to tell her whole life story to like, I'm, I'm just always that person. Mm -hmm. So then to be in a position where I felt vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. Not only am I vulnerable physically, mentally, emotionally, the job and the career that I had spent years mm -hmm. training for hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt over. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that I think 
outside of being a wife and outside of being a mom was the thing that felt defined me and mm. like gave me a, a place in the space in this world. Now that job is gone. So now what do I do now? Who am I now? Like now, how do I help? Mm. How am I a helper? If I can't help in the way I've always helped. That's a really, that's a really good question. Especially mm -hmm. as a helper to ask yourself that question. If it's, especially when it's taken away, it wasn't mm -hmm. your choice. Exactly. exactly. It makes a big difference when you choose uh -huh. versus right. when it just happens. Right. right. You know, for someone like me who, um, you know, God is still working on me, but I like to be in control of things. I like, I like, I have me my, too. I like my planners, they're color coded, there's matching stickers mm -hmm. and pens and mm -hmm. I can plan my day out by the hour. That is me to then be in a position where nothing is going the way that I plan. And not only that, I think a lot of us, if something happens outside of our plan, we can be okay with it mm -hmm. temporarily, as long as we know when things are going to fall mm. back in line, right? Like, mm -hmm. okay, this is, this is uncomfortable right now, but um, like in a month, things are going to go back to the way they used to be, right? Or in a few weeks, things are going to settle back down into normalcy. But to be in that space, both me and my husband are jobless. We still have a mortgage. We still mm -hmm. have a kid. We still have car note. We still have got to buy food. Like we still have all these things. And yet we don't know for the foreseeable future, how and when these things are going to change, when they're going to shift. Mm. Um, add to that my recovery process, my ability to go and see doctors and get medication and all of that was stalled because I carried my, our family on my health insurance oh. with my job. When I lost my job, we lost health insurance. Whew. So then, so then not only do we not have health insurance, but we don't have income. So I can't just show up at this neurologist's office or this orthopedic doctor's office and be like, Hey, I'll self pay. Just treat me please. Or tell me why I'm having these headaches or help me. Like I literally am sitting in pain because I don't have the insurance or the financial resources to seek out oh the help that I need, which wow. then postpones your recovery. Anyone who has dealt with someone with a TBI, a traumatic brain injury, or has had one themselves knows that like urgency, like a sense of urgency in recovery is paramount to long-term sustainability, right? Like when this happens, you got to jump on it mm -hmm. and you got to start the recovery process as soon as possible. For me, mine was delayed significantly. So because of all that, this is going on, you don't have jobs, no health insurance, mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure, you know, the listener can relate to or in some way, if it's not mm -hmm. them, someone else, but then also it's like delaying something you desperately need. You're uh -huh. in pain. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine how much pain you're in. Did you have any thoughts of wanting to give up or like, you know, you're out of your total plan. You're right. out of your total comfort zone. And sometimes when we're out of our comfort zone, we're just like, Oh, I don't like this. So mm -hmm. how can I get rid of this? Or mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think giving up to me felt it felt like staying in bed mm. it felt like not pushing through and doing the things that I had always done 
giving up felt like, um, you know, I don't know when or if this is going to get better. And quite honestly, everything else that I thought I had planned out for my life isn't going the way that I hoped it would. So whatever, Mm. I'll just, I'll just sit here. I'll just sit here. However, um, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that because I had this tiny human Mm. looking at me every day, needing me every day. Like she had to have breakfast. She needed to get up and get ready for preschool every day. And her hair needed to be combed and all these different things. And so literally it was my daughter who kept me going. I, if I did not have her, I think I would have sat in bed and stewed in whatever it was that Mm. I was feeling at least for a while, at least Mm -hmm. longer than I probably needed to, or longer than what, what would have been healthy. Um, But because of her, I had a reason had a reason to get up and push through every day. Now, a lot of days, it literally was taking care of her was the only thing that I could do, that I could muster up the strength and the and the determination to do, get her up, get her ready for school, drop her off and come home and get right back in bed. Mm. A lot of days, that's what it looked like. Um, and slowly but surely, it got to a place where I was, I was forced into doing something different because I remember talking to doctors and I was still trying to be room mom for my daughter's preschool class and go on all the little field trips. And I would, still trying to bring classroom snacks every day I'm still trying to do all these things and my doctor <laughs> said Miss Cade if you do not be still if you do not take time to recover and let your body heal you will not come out of this mm. in a good place you will not recover from this And so at the time was very much in a space of, do I keep up the facade of having it all together, of being and doing all the things that I thought I wanted to do and jeopardize my future health and sustainability? Or do I take a step back and actually really not focus on the mom guilt and not focus on the wife guilt and not focus on all of the things that my body can't really do and handle right now. Just focus on resting and recovery and getting better so that I can have some promise of a future later on. And that was a critical decision-making point for me. Facade or future, pick Mm. one. There's no middle ground, right? I'm I'm a black and white thinker. I try to <laughs> I try to I try to move to the gray. You I try, try to get into the I try. <laughs> I try. I'm still working on it. I'm I better now than people, I was before. It's tough. It, it can be challenging, <laughs> but I say um the new phrase I've I've heard is um saying it's the rainbow of colors versus mm-hmm. the gray and maybe mm-hmm. some people might want to be okay I'll dance in the rainbow yeah 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 <laughs> and just and just em- embrace that that life shifts and mm-hmm. things change embrace that it doesn't have to be either or embrace mm-hmm. the and yes. of life right that two things can be true at once that I can be struggling right now and be grateful at the same time Mm -hmm. that I'm still here Mm because I could not be Mm -hmm. here anymore. Right. Um, I could have, I could have had my daughter in mm-hmm. the car with me that morning. I could have chosen to drop her off at preschool instead of letting my husband drop her off. And then mm-hmm. we both would have been in that car when that accident happened. Right. So it's, it just got to a place where I realized it was very much about 
perspective in this whole spectrum of thoughts and feelings and emotions. It's not just one thing or Mm -hmm. something else. And I think embracing that school of thought is what really helped me to get to a place where I could push through, where I didn't just want to give up, where I didn't have to have a plan or didn't have to know when that light at the end of the tunnel was coming, that I could sit in the discomfort Mm -hmm. of the not knowing. Mm. And that's such a, um, you know, I say that often to my clients, just stay in the discomfort. They're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and that that's a big one. Good. Yeah, yeah. Of not knowing, like, I don't know what's going to happen. No, no, no. It's okay. Like, you're not going to die. And they're like, mm-hmm. wait, what? I was like, but you're not going to die. Mm-hmm. You're not going to die. You're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So you sit in this discomfort. Mm-hmm. What do you do in the discomfort? And I want to emphasize that that you it's not that you waited for mm-hmm. things to be okay before uh-huh. you started moving you were moving and making steps in the discomfort so what did that start to Absolutely. look like for you um it's it it looked like me going back to the things i remember that brought me comfort that brought me um a sense of calm and peace. It looked like me realizing that taking care of myself in this season did not have to look like what other people thought it should look like or what other people tried to dictate for me. Hmm. Um, I remember, you know, people back then telling me like, oh, well, you know, you probably like need a trip. You need to go on a trip or you need to like do a spa day or you need to get a massage. You need to do. And I'm like, you realize neither me or my husband have jobs, right? Hmm. So that does not work for for us it doesn't work for our situation it doesn't work for our circumstances sitting in the discomfort and working through it looked like finding a way to express and to offload all the stuff that Mm -hmm. I was feeling that was sitting inside Mm -hmm. I had always been a writer, um, loved writing, journaling. Mm -hmm. Um, I had been blogging for a long time, doing a bunch of stuff like that. And so I ended up just getting to a place where I said, you know, I got to do something that works for me. I got to do something that's sustainable. I got to do something that I can afford to do. Mm -hmm. I have paper. And I have pins <laughs> and um, that's something that has always kind of brought me comfort or brought me down from a stressful space. And so uh, one day I just decided, I thought to myself, well, hey, let me just like, let me try this little thing. I'm going to challenge myself for 15 days to write just a little positive note to myself, positive mm-hmm. affirmation. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm going to, I'm going to write to myself what I most need to hear mm. in that moment on that day. It wasn't for anyone else. It literally was for me. It was for me. So started out day one, wrote the note, took a picture of it, posted on Instagram for accountability. Um, what was the and- point purpose of the accountability of posting it for you? It was holding myself accountable to myself because I know me, (laughs) I, I can commit to a lot of things, but just like a lot of people, when things 
get hard, mm. they get uncomfortable, or or maybe life gets busy, mm. adulting mm. is busy, that the thing that I commit to doing for myself will be the first thing that gets crossed off the lit, like mm-hmm. that will get pushed to the background because my daughter needs me, my husband needs me, the laundry needs to be done, the cooking needs to be done, all these different things. So I knew that, you know, the internet can be a wonderful place. It can also be a very (laughs) messy place. And I knew that if I like put it out there that I was going to do this thing for 15 days, I was going to post something for 15 days. And then like one day I kind of, you know, spaz out and don't do it. Then I knew that somebody would come for me. Like somebody would say, you said you were going to do this and you didn't do it. So for me, that was, that was like an insurance Mm -hmm. policy to make Mm -hmm. sure that I did the thing for myself Mm -hmm. that I committed to started out, um, you know, halfway through 15 days, things really started to pick up traction, started to getting, um, a lot of response, um, even more in direct messages and my DMs, people just sending me messages. Thank you so much for posting these. It was exactly what I need to hear today. Or um, then they got even more intense people saying, you know, I really didn't think I could go on. I really didn't Mm. think that I could live another day. I had intentions to self-harm today, but I told myself if I opened up Instagram and saw something, you know, that that maybe was a sign that then I would keep going. I would push through and your note was the first thing that I saw today. So thank you so much essentially for saving my life. Um, People with career questions and like, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just wanted to let you know, I read your note today and I've decided that I'm, I'm going to enroll in the, in the Navy or the Marines. I'm going to be leaving in a couple of weeks. Just like, I mean, wow. Any number of things. And I realized that the thing that I thought I was doing just for myself turned out to be a thing that a whole lot of other people needed to, right? Yeah. It's always the way, isn't it? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't just about me, even though it started out being just about me. Um, and so that really impressed upon me, the concept of vulnerability and our humanity, right? That there's so much in the world happening so much that is, trying to pit us against each other and and show how we're so different from other Mm -hmm. people or we're Mm -hmm. better than other people or we're worse than just like all these things. But at our core, we're all human. At our core, we all have similar struggles. At our core, we all have questions about why we're here and what our purpose is and what it is that we're meant to do, how it is we're meant to help people or make the world a better place. We all have questions about, you know, um, how, how to be a good parent, how to be a good spouse, how to exist in this world. And it really just showed me that my journey toward my personal healing um, resulted in a journey of collective healing. Yeah. So many people like almost gave them permission to Mm -hmm. say, you know what? I'm not okay. I'm not okay Okay either. either. And I, and, and, and I'm okay admitting that because you're okay admitting that. Mm. And I don't feel alone. I don't feel like I'm the only person out here struggling with this particular issue which then makes me embarrassed to even admit that I'm struggling with that because everyone else seems to be fine. Mm. And I'm the only one that's having a hard time. Has a need for things to be perfect prevented you from something that you wanted to do? Sing karaoke, write a book, 
create a podcast but you just don't feel like you have enough or you know enough or that you're even enough I get it I have been in the depths of perfectionism where I attach my performance to my self-worth so I wrote the ebook I wish I had when I first discovered I was struggling with perfectionism in it's okay to be imperfect I help you identify and understand perfectionism in your life so that you can successfully manage your thoughts. It includes practical tips and resources to implement in your daily life for you to take back your life from perfectionism and begin to truly see yourself outside of your performance. Grab your copy of It's Okay to Be Imperfect. Link is in the show notes. Yeah. It, it definitely is it speaks to that like you know one of the reasons why I do what I do here is to let people know they're not alone you know to the listener they're hearing this they're like oh wow I thought it was mm-hmm. just me I thought I mm-hmm. was crazy I thought mm-hmm. that people would think I'm crazy or mm-hmm. people would talk about me and you like you said you gave that person permission you gave people permission and um you did it whilst you were still hurting. You did it. It wasn't necessarily when you were in this space where everything mm-hmm. was going well, which I, in a way, it's kind of, this is very scary because it's a lot easier when you're doing well. Right. Um, right. But it's scary because you don't have all the answers. <laughs> I sure don't. I'm but like... you knew this is what worked. This is mm-hmm. what I know. This is what I'm good at. This is what I can afford. Right. And this is what's sustainable. And so yeah. this is what I'm going to do. So mm-hmm. after the 15 days, mm-hmm. you, what made you continue? Well, <laughs> I realized that people needed those, what I saw as little notes People mm-hmm. needed those little notes. Mm-hmm. Those little notes made an impact. Those little notes gave people something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Those little notes um, gave people hope. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, I still needed them too. Yeah. Right. Like, I, you know, oftentimes we try to put a timeline <laughs> on, <Me>. on healing, <laughs> right, on healing, on recovery, on on getting better. Like, I'm going to be better in this amount of time. I'm mm-hmm. going to be over this in this amount of time. I'm not going to let this thing bother me and keep bothering me. I'm I'm going to give myself a week and then Mm -hmm. I'm going to be fine. And I think God, the universe, everything laughs at us when we say things like that, because healing is not linear. Healing is zigzaggy and up and down and and all over the place. And, and, and so, and it's messy. It's messy. And so, the 15 day time frame that I had put on this in retrospect was silly, but <laughs> you know, Hey, it makes for a good story and got to the end of the 15 days. And I was like, well, I can't stop writing these notes. People need them. I need them. People mm-hmm. look, people look forward to them. And I look forward to them. I look forward to telling myself the thing that I need to hear most Mm -hmm. that day, because I can't guarantee that I'm going to hear it from someone else. I can't guarantee that I'm going to get that source of strength or word of encouragement from any place outside of myself. Okay. That I cannot control. No. But I, what I can't control is myself. I can control mm-hmm. my reactions to what happens in my life. I can control that. And so I think it was very eye-opening for me that during that process, I had been relying on, depending on doctors, 
whether it's a neurologist, neuropsychologist, orthopedic surgeon, physical therapist. Like I had been depending on all of these people outside of myself Mm -hmm. to tell me what to do to get better, to tell me what to do to feel better, to tell me, Mm. give me this magic formula, this magic thing that would transform my life that would put my life back together and nobody had any answers nobody knew like nobody could tell me any of that stuff they could say in theory well let's try this medication for your headaches let's try the vestibular physical therapy for your vertigo let's try this test with a neuropsychologist Mm. let's try this medicine to help you sleep let's try like blah 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 blah. let's try all these things but nobody had any definite answers and those were all very surface level things where a big part of the discontent or the discomfort I was feeling was inside Mm -hmm. was inside it was my life didn't turn out the way that I planned it to. And I'm bothered by that. And I don't know if my life will ever turn out the way that I planned for it to, or even if that plan is still viable anymore, Mm. if that plan even still works for me anymore. So it was, it, 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 for you, this was like, this is my, thing that keeps me anchored Mm -hmm. this is what I've got to do because yes I'm going to the doctors yes you're trying to tell me all these things Mm -hmm. but I cannot rely on that absolutely not now it goes back to the end right Mm -hmm. I can do this and I can listen to you Uh Uh (laughs) but this is what's important to me so Mm -hmm. where are you today faith where, where would you say you are today Ooh, where am i today that's a, a loaded question in um, your short form <laughs> in short form um today i am embracing the and mm. that's where i am today a lot about my life has changed in the past gosh four and a half almost five years it'll be five years mm-hmm. on um january 9th Yeah, a lot has changed. I obviously no longer work as a school counselor. I shifted what I do to um, seeing clients for virtual mental health counseling and coaching online, which became a huge need, you know, throughout the pandemic, obviously, Mm -hmm. when everything was shut down. So I'm there now. I also um, have had another baby. So I, my daughter just turned eight a Mm -hmm. few weeks ago. And then I have a little boy named Dominic, who is 11 and a half months old. He'll be a year old in October. I, because of my story, because of my platform, because of all these things that have evolved without any sort of plan, of my mm-hmm. own, it just kind of happened. It has created opportunities for me in other areas of my life. I do a lot of speaking engagements and self-care workshops and talks. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, um, I've done a couple of women's retreats. I work as a brand ambassador for a couple of large mm-hmm. companies. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I remember she, seeing you on Affleck one day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, that's yeah, Faith. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Um, and so, so yeah, a lot of things have happened. And there's still a lot of me embracing the messiness, mm-hmm. right? Because just because these opportunities have presented themselves, And just because I'm doing a lot more things, that does not mean that the challenges Mm. of that accident do not still affect me in a significant way 
every single day. Every day, I still struggle with long-term and short-term memory. There are lists everywhere, all over the house. I lose them and I make more, right? Okay. Um, I, I, I've had to make shifts in how I live my life. For example, mm-hmm. the um, overstimulation that I experience with light and sound makes it very difficult for me to go to the grocery store and mm-hmm. just grab the things that I need because it's I'm bombarded with too mm. much noise and too much light and I get distracted and I will spend two hours in a grocery store and still have an empty cart because I can't remember what I was what I was getting where in my list I was so I most times have to resort to online grocery ordering and delivery or pick up. I um, have to put a lot of systems in place to help mm-hmm. me remember things and to help me to be as efficient as possible. Yeah. Lots of reminders on my phone and on my watch and on my computer. Um, and I still have a brain injury. So mm. there's still times when I'll go a few days without sleeping. And yet still I have to show up wow. for my clients that have appointments scheduled that day, still have to show up and be a mom. This postpartum journey for me has mm-hmm. been very messy because I'm a different person now. Mm-hmm. My brain is different now. So whereas with my daughter eight years ago, flawless pregnancy, flawless postpartum period with Dominic, my little boy. It was a flawless pregnancy, but this postpartum period has been very, very challenging. Even almost a year later, dealing with postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. When you have a baby, there's always going to be noise, Mm. right? And Mm. for someone who is overstimulated by noise, who has sensory sensitivities, you are literally constantly all day bombarded with noises yeah that you cannot control a lot of this time I have spent pushing through or in survival mode and I'm well aware that my ability to be present in this part of my motherhood journey is greatly affected and even limited by the brain injury that I have. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of days, quite honestly, just a couple of days ago, I was having the conversation with my husband that most days I am going through the motions. Most days I am doing the things and focusing on doing the things mm-hmm. rather than focusing on how I feel about doing the things because if I focus on my feeling I would not do them I would not get out of bed I would not make bottles I would not make baby food I would not do all these things but faith wakes up every morning and says these are the things that must be done in order to get through the day these are the things that must be done in order to take care of my tiny humans today. So these are the things that I'm going to do, right? Do you have, I know, of course you have your husband there to help mm-hmm. you and support you. Do you mm-hmm. have other people that, because you do have all these responsibilities going on? So we do have a babysitter, nanny caregiver mm. that and she, she doesn't live with us though. She, okay. she just comes um, during the day so that I can, do my work she Mm -hmm. cares for the baby um and she's here you know from like 9 30 to 4 30 every day but before that is on us after that Mm -hmm. is on us my daughter goes to school that um she has to be dropped off and picked up every day so those drop-offs and pickups are from us um packing lunches every day that's on like most of it is on us. I'm from Louisiana. All of my family's there. Um, okay. So um, my mom comes when she can 
and she did come for a while when the baby was born but for the most part it's us navigating every day like yeah who who's gonna do this and who's gonna do that and who's gonna do pickup and who's gonna make the grocery run and who's gonna take care of dinner and we just kind of piece things together mm. but things are not by any means just smooth sailing every day it is a choice every day it is a decision mm. that I'm going to do this work, right? Not just for me, not just for my family, but I'm going to do this work for those people out there that depend on me to do this work. Um, It's not easy. No. In any sense of the word, it's not. Some days are easier than others, but, but there's still there's still that and piece of it, mm. right? That embracing the and, the the difficulty and the challenge of it, but also being able to see the beauty that manifests because of it as well. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And now I'm like looking at you different. In, I'm, looking <laughs> at, I'm looking at your post differently. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, because... <laughs> And, and I want to say this, and I know you're not going to say this, but I'm going to say this because I think it's important that you do have like almost over 200, almost 300,000 followers uh-huh. from these notes because notes uh-huh. are really powerful. And sometimes some people feel like someone who has all these followers that their life is okay, <laughs> their life is perfect. And I'm always saying, this is a snapshot. Mm-hmm. But even for me, it is. I'm thinking- yeah you know, I can, I'm guilty. And I'm like, well, okay, she's, she's progressing. She's doing well. And I'm not mm-hmm. thinking about the day to day, the day to day. Yeah. Of how that is. Uh-huh. So I would, I normally do ask the question of something that's messy in your life, but I feel like you just answered that question. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you answered that question. Yeah. So where can people find you to shower you with love? Oh, well, obviously on Instagram and there, um, Every day, as much as I'd like to, um, sometimes, you know, we have to, we have to use wisdom and discernment Mm -hmm. with how much we choose to engage in the internet. And so as committed as I am to my sweet, sweet, beautiful little tribe of people, there's going to be days when you're not going to see anything from me. Mm. And that could be for a myriad of reasons. It could be because today was a hard day and I just didn't get to it. It could be um, everything that I share. I don't make this stuff up. I call it my downloads. So God literally, like Mm. he put something there and, and it's my job to write it. Whether I feel like that's, what's going to be trending or popular today or not. He told me to do it. So I do it. So if maybe there's a day that you don't see something, maybe he didn't give me a download that day and I'm not going to make up something just to put out there for consistency sake or for the algorithm, God forsaken algorithm or (laughs) something like that. Like, no, it's going to be, it's going to be authentic. It's going to be what he gave me to give to the people. So Um, you can find me on Instagram. Obviously, my account out there, Flirtily Speaks, um, can comment on my post. You can send me a DM. Um, I see every single DM that comes through, even the spam ones that I spend a lot of time deleting and blocking. Um, but um, she really does reply to your DMs. <laughs> I really do. Either it's me or my assistant, the ones that are that are personal and people are telling, you know, things about their lives. I always deal with those because I just feel like mm-hmm. that's what people expect. And and I want to be respectful of people's yeah. vulnerability in sharing those kinds of things. Also, you can find me on my website, which is www.flirtallyspeaks.com. You can send me a message in my inbox through there, through the contact form. You can read my blog there. Now, I have been quite delinquent on my blog post <laughs> lately uh, because life is messy and because 
um, baby doesn't always allow for a lot of extra time to do that kind of writing, but I hope to get better at it and um, do a bit more and be more active on my blog. Um, I was a food blogger and um, a baker before doing what I do now. So some of those blog posts have recipes um, in them. So feel free to check those out. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out here. And if yeah. I, if I'm doing a speaking event or some kind of speaking enga- engagement in Atlanta or somewhere else, I usually post about it. So mm-hmm. those are opportunities to um, attend or to see me in person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, I am also going to put all that information in the show notes um, so people can just connect with you there. Yeah. And also if people want to send a message about mental health counseling or coaching services as well, Mm -hmm. like they can send those messages through uh, DMs or click like the email button on my, Mm -hmm. um, in my profile and that'll come directly to me as well. Well, it has been a pleasure to have you, Faith. on the it didn't break me podcast i know so many people are going to be just inspired and appreciative of your story so thank Thank you you so much you're welcome um yeah so i learned a lot clearly um not just from faith's story but really what really hit me was what she's still dealing with now today and yet she's still here sharing and inspiring and encouraging other people. So a couple of my takeaways, that first one about her having a DB- TBI, um, what it looks like, how it can impact you and how it can, can show up. Um, and then, you know, how it's impacting her on a day to day, um, in sense of her memory loss and things like that. But, What I also appreciate and hear her saying is I know I have these things and so I put these systems in place to help me. They don't always work out as much as, you know, she thinks they will or I'm sure she always hopes they will, but there's something to help with all reminders. As she said, I'll make one list and then I'll lose it. So I'll make another. So she's doing things and sometimes they don't always work. And I think that's always, or shall I say, helpful to remember that We can plan for things, but they don't always work out. The other thing is that the power of, you know, I talk about this so much. That's why I do this work is sharing your story. Um, You know, she talked about collective healing on her Instagram page. But what was really so vital is that she was doing it at a time when she was still going through it. Um, Someone had told me one time that, you know, about helping other people that sometimes you can't be too far along because it's hard to pass the baton when you're so far ahead versus when you're right in the midst of it and dealing with everything. And she was in a position to do that and out of it birthed this community of collective healing. And I really do hope you take the time to go look at her Instagram page. It's very inspiring. The other thing and the last thing is that in sharing um, her experience and being vulnerable, how she gave permission to other people to also share. That's that part of that collective healing and that they were also able to overcome whatever the circumstances might have been. However challenging it might have been, they were able to kind of work through some of those things because in her sharing it was a permission and it just makes me think about the power of permission and so just in your life in your everyday you know how can you do that how are you showing up already perhaps um and you're giving permission to other people in ways you might not even realize it so thank you as always for listening to the podcast and tuning in please share this story to your tribe to your group so someone else can be inspired by her amazing story and you can also continue to give other people permission so thank you once again were you inspired by this story here are some ways you can shower me and the podcast with your appreciation and support 
follow, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Share the podcast via text with your people, with your tribe. Subscribe to the newsletter where I share my personal stories of discovering the beauty within the mess. And lastly, follow me on Instagram at authenticallybeyou for tips and insights on overcoming perfectionism so you can embrace your imperfections and authentically be you. Thank you so much for listening to the It Didn't Break Me podcast and remember to discover the beauty within the mess.